0: Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light and live from the WHIO studios. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light. Here's to the beer you can always count on. And by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. Call in with your comments or questions, 457-1290. Flyer feedback on AM 1290 and News 957-WHIO. Now, here are your hosts, John Bedell and John Tistel. Hey,
1: everybody. We didn't lose the Fordham. Congratulations. That's about all I got today. Well, we'll see you next time. Uh, I'm John Bedell. My partner is John Tisdale, and you're you. And we thank you for tuning in this afternoon. Dayton winner, 75-52, a 23-point winner over Fordham. And and Tizzy, as I was starting to say in the uh, postgame show, um, it is Fordham. That's the preface here. But um, it's for a team that has been driving the struggle bus at times to finish games, it was good to see them just keep the uh, foot slammed to the pedal And close them out because they were not satisfied with the win. They kept wanting to push it out. And to me, it was just good to see that tizzy for them to just close out a team for what seemed like, you know, one of a few times this year. Absolutely. I mean, this is
2: exactly what uh, fans have been talking about the last few days, the inability of this team at times this year just not to put teams away. And look, we can talk about the game from the other night. We're not getting that game back. But now it's about was this team able to look at, was this team not going to, Look ahead against Fordham. The answer was an emphatic no. Um, probably the only downside was probably the beginning of the game was the turnovers. I think they started out turning the ball over maybe eight times to start the game, and then Brooks had a good stat. It was like two turnovers. I think the last you know part, part of that game. I don't have the final stats in front of me of the turnovers, but Dayton did a much better job. They settled down and they got the ball inside. I think turnover wise, as I look it up real quickly, if you bear with me, but it. But but I'll I'll get to that in a second. But my point is. Dayton just, they kept the hammer down. They didn't let up. Their defense, I thought, was really good today. And this was just Cunningham and the other th- 15 points, solid double-double. Uh, Crutcher with 10 points. Toppin back home with 19 points. And then you got Jordan Davis with 10 points. And the important thing also, Cunningham 24 minutes. Crutcher 31 minutes. Uh, Mike's only 25. And the other thing is Policelli at a season high, 19 minutes. Cohill 26 minutes. So Cunningham, Crutcher, and those guys. They got some much-needed rest, especially when you got a big week coming up. We talked about this during the postgame show, Sancho's and Duquesne. Dayton's got some work to do uh, for this next week.
1: You mentioned turnovers. Those were the bugaboo early. I mean, it was ugly, Tiz. I think it was seven straight possessions, if my math is right. And they had, what, seven or eight in the opening six minutes? of That game, they had 10 at halftime, which you try to hold yourself to 10 for a game. Now, to their credit, at halftime, they made adjustments, and they cleaned up the turnover bug in the second half because Dayton turned the ball over 10 times at the break. They finished with 12 for the game, too, so nice to see that cleaned up. As you mentioned, meaningful minutes for Policelli uh, with the new, I think, almost career high. His career high in minutes was 16, and he played, well, it's not displaying right now, but definitely a career high in points with 8. He was efficient from the floor, Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, them just – cleaning things up and, you know, you get away with a win at Fordham and that's all you can ask for. Don't lose to Fordham because just ask the Richmond Rams. People don't forget that. Um, and as I mentioned in the postgame show, Larry and I were talking yesterday in the newsroom that you just want to get to Fordham and get out of there with a win because if you can beat Fordham, especially after the loss to George Mason, which Dayton should have pulled out, but as you mentioned, Tiz, they didn't and we can't get that game back. If you go and beat Fordham, you've got a tremendous opportunity week ahead of you. If you go and lose to Fordham, which Dayton didn't today, now you got a panic week ahead of you. With big road games, as you mentioned, Tiz, they play St. Joe's Tuesday night, and they play Duquesne Saturday on Super Bowl weekend, and that's a Duquesne team that uh, looks like they're probably going to lose to VCU. They're down 77-72 with 44 seconds left, um, but still, that's a Duquesne team that, even if they lose this one at home to VCU, they're still 5-2, and two, and that's a Duke squad, I think, that has surprised a lot of people, so now, Dayton... At thirteen and seven overall, and five and two. Now tis there's that logjam at the top of the conference. You got a tremendous opportunity next week to keep pace with some of these teams at five and two.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I know that David Jablonski talked about during the Bud Light pregame show because that there was an opportunity to do that the other night. But to look, it is a logjam up there because it may be a four-five-loss team is going to be a number one seed in the Atlantic Ten tournament coming up in uh, in Brooklyn coming up. In March, but it's just such a long way from now. And two other stats that I'll throw in this time. Dayton had only one conference road win last year, and that was at Richmond. Dayton has three. Okay, the opponents are not the best. George Washington, they're down. St. Bonaventure down. Fordham, not great. You take it. Three road wins. How many times, John, have we said over the years, road wins in college basketball are golden, especially conference wins. You take it. Given this program's past, of road of road road, road road records you take it. And then the other thing is Dayton's one win away from matching their road win, their home their total win record from uh, last year. Their total wins from last year, they had 14 last year, they got 13. So, yes, there's inconsistencies. Got a young team. Anthony Grant has voiced his frustration about that. Did that I thought the other night Ooh. when he was talking with Larry Hanskin. Oh, did he?
1: Mhm. <laughs> oh, I t- absolutely. <laughs> I told Larry in the newsroom yesterday. I said let me ask you this, Larry. I said, I have heard a, I heard a frustration in Anthony's voice that I have not heard all year. And Larry said, oh, yeah, he was as upset as he's been. I think Larry said since he felt, since the Georgia Southern game, I mean, you could tell he was hot after that game Wednesday because Tiz, you know, Anthony, uh, what I took from his tone is we should have closed out that game. We were all saying that as fans and as just doing this show. That's a game they should have closed out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care how... You know, 5-1, whatever George Mason was coming in here, they've, they look like they've got, in the early goings, their sights easily on an 8-10 title right now. Um, you can't lose to that Patriots team. But as you mentioned, you can't get that one back, and now and now they're on to Fordham, and they sweep aside the Fordham Rams, no problem, which, you know, that that's a Fordham team that's hung tough with people like the aforementioned Patriots at times this year. So they go in, they get out there with a the big win, 75-52, uh, a 23-point win, and you move on. And now you got a really, a really great opportunity ahead of you this week with St. Joe's and with Duquesne on Saturday. Also, another one that just went final. This was a tight one down the stretch. How about Davidson, Tiz, going into Schaeffer's Arena and pulling it out 54 53 over St. Louis? So the Wildcats now sitting atop the A 10, I believe, with, well, right now tied with George Mason. They're at 6 and 1. The Wildcats and Patriots are, but George Mason plays tonight at 7 uh, at home in Fairfax against GW. But. Uh, St. Louis had pulled ahead in the closing seconds, with they were up 53-52 with I think 11 seconds left. So Davidson, Tizzy pulling one out of the hat uh, for a tough road win uh, at St. Louis, and the Wildcats. Another uh, here's another Bob McKillop feisty, you know Wildcats team hanging tough atop the 8 10 Tis now at six and one, mm-hmm. top the conference standings. Yeah,
2: and for St. Louis, second straight loss because they lost at Duquesne the uh, the other night, 77-73, and then you lose at home. I mean, this is, you know, Dayton losing at home the other night. Now St. Louis losing at home at Chavits Arena to a Duff-Davidson team. And, look, Dayton's got to go to Davidson way later in the year. The schedule says February 19th. But, uh, I mean, again, that's way, way down the line. Dayton's got to get through Super Bowl week. The 29th against St. Joseph's Tuesday night. Duquesne February the 2nd. The next, a week from today. And then you got you got two road, wing, road games. The week after that, at St. Louis, at Rhode Island, those two aren't going to be easy games. And then you get the bye, and then you host the old favorite, Richmond Rams. That's right. That's so a big there's a lot of big games coming up with this Dayton Flyer team.
1: Well, and you mentioned their 3-0 record on the road, too, Tiz. I think that's even all the more important when you're going to drop a game at home, which historically Dayton does not do, and one that you probably should have closed out. It certainly doesn't hurt to go and grab yourself— some some cushion basically on the road you go 3 and 0 at a, a place that as we've we covered extensively after that GW game foggy bottom is a place they've struggled as mightily as anywhere on the road you get that one you get up you tough out a double overtime win against St. Bonaventure and you go and you know do what you're supposed to do quite frankly I mean this is a Dayton team that in beating Fordham they haven't lost in this series as we check the history here cuz they haven't lost a game at Fordham against Fordham period since 2006 Sixty-six-fifty-six. They lost at Rose Hill Gymnasium. And of course, last year Dayton won 80-70. So now this is uh Dayton has won now fifteen straight in the series. Dayton lead the all-time series 31-5. It, it for I don't care where you're playing them, Tiz. You never want to lose to the Rams. But it was and it was good to see them just get the win. As I mentioned, keep a team down. I think Brooks said on the air, it showed growth. They were not satisfied with that lead. They kept wanting to push it out and just bury Fordham and don't give him a chance to crawl back in this thing. And two, Tiz, they stuck to what works. We saw 27 threes attempted Wednesday night, which was mind-boggling for, I think, a lot of people. And today, they only attempted 15. 15 threes. That's more like it, you guys. 56 attempts from the field. 15 of those were threes. Thank you. This team was one of the most efficient two-point shooting teams in the country. Stick to what works and stop! Stop shooting the three ball to excess,
2: right? Exactly. Amen. You and I are thinking the same. and especially the thing that was more frustrating to me the other night, and we'll get back to Fordham in a second, the backcourt to 26 shots, you know, and I love Jalen, love Jordan. Uh, you know, Jordan has played well. They didn't have it the other night. and But when you're not having it, and I think Anthony Grant talked about this during the pregame show, he said, "You know what? You can't get hung on that one possession. You got to move on to the next possession and on to the next possession. And it wasn't just that last possession, which give Mason credit about defending that, but there were other stretches. You know, during that four minute stretch where they really Dayton did not take care of business, whether it's missing free throws, uh, and that's still a concern area of concern. Although Jalen, I think, is is pretty good from the line, uh, Toppin. I don't know what he did from the line, but I mean, Toppin, I thought, you know, had a solid game. I thought I had a solid game the other today, night. Today? Yeah.
1: He was four or five from the free throw bad. line. We'll take yep. that.
2: Absolutely. But it, today, it, but today's game, Dayton was satisfied. They played the full 40 minutes, and the coaching staff was concerned. I'm like, guys, we better be ready to go for a 40 minute battle. 75 52. I think that'll work. I
1: think being ready for a 40 minute battle. Four five seven twelve ninety is the number. Bruce is in Fairborn. Bruce, you want to talk about Frankie Policelli?
3: Hey, listen, in general, what did we play? Uh, three games in six days prior to this?
1: They played, Something last week like was that. three in the course of a counter week. They played Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday uh, last right. week.
3: So what you're talking about is a team fielding essentially seven guys playing in that amount of time, those kinds of hard-fought games. It's not... At all, unlikely that you're going to lose a close one late, whether you're on the road or at home, when you're playing seven guys. Policelli coming off the bench and giving meaningful minutes today and scoring, and he always tends to play good defense and pass the ball well. That's very meaningful for this team, and I'd love to hear somebody ask Anthony Grant that, because I bet as smart a guy as that is, and the trajectory he's got the program on now, Uh, I bet that he was looking toward this game to really get Policelli's feet wet.
1: Yeah, and I think, and we thank you for the call here on Flyer Feedback, Bruce. I think getting Polichelli's feet uh, more wet as he continues to play, and also I think he looked at it as a chance to, you know, look, Fordham is Fordham for a reason. They just do Fordham things, and you go to their gym and you blow them out. And I think he looked at this as a chance to not only get Policelli meaningful minutes because, uh, as Bruce was just talking about, eight points, three rebounds, an assist, and he was three and nine from the field, including two of six from three. Um, you get the bench. I mean, you empty the bench. You get you had uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys all getting minutes today, right? When was the last time you saw that Tiz? And just to give some of your starters a blow towards the end of the game, because as he mentioned, you got seven bodies, eight with Frankie, but you know Frankie is, and it's nothing against the kid, but Tiz, we've seen on the floor prior to tonight, and even at times tonight, uh, why? They chose to redshirt the kid. He's young, he's raw, now he played well tonight. But, you know, we, and we said, with this team's depth situation even coming into the year, before Matos went down, look, this team's one injury away from stuff going sideways and from them redacting the Frankie Policelli redshirt and sort of the break glass in case of emergency emergency because we need some bodies. Uh, but for, for a team that doesn't go much more than seven deep most nights, and even if Frankie plays as an eighth guy, he's playing, what, two, three minutes? This was valuable, I think, to get these guys some rest and give their legs a rest is after the stretch they've been through.
2: Well, absolutely, and consider also the travel problems they had just getting out of Ole in New York. That, I think, also played a factor as well. And then the not only the double overtime game, you don't get back from Olean until, I think, sometime late Sunday afternoon. You you get maybe a night, at least another night, at least at home, but, I mean, you were at least in the airport for at least another day in Buffalo, New York, and it, that also played a role as well. And Did it play a role? And George Mason, let's give him credit. George Mason played a good game, but you know what? Dayton still got to finish those games at at home. But Bruce was right about that. I mean, Policelli, plus, Policelli's from the Long Island area. He was coming home as well. He looked pretty good. Maybe the game could be starting to slow down a little bit for him. Dwayne Cohill, we talked about this 26 minutes, had a nice drive to the basket. He's starting to get some meaningful minutes. He had a couple of trades the other night against George Mason. So hopefully, again, these guys can make more contributions. Cunningham, 24 minutes. Jalen Crutcher, 31 minutes. And Dayton's going to need these guys because he got St. Joe's and the old favorite mascot John is coming to town. The old hawk, your favorite <laughs> I mascot, <hate> that hawk. <laughs> your favorite mascot, man. But let me look. I mean, you know, with Martelli, it's going to go down. It's going to be a tight one. Yep. And you know what? You need all the rest that you can. And Dayton took care of business today.
1: Sometimes I feel like Martelli uh, could bring a CYO team in and give you fits. That's he's true. Just, he's just a thorn in the side of the Flyers. And he invented basketball. Ask him about it. He'll tell you. Dayton winners, winner, 75-52. David Jablonski is on the hotline on the other side of this break as Flyer feedback continues live from our Dayton studios right here on the home of the flyers. This
0: is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
4: Hi, this is Larry Hanskin. Catholic Social Services of the Miami Valley strengthens individuals and families in need through acts of faith, service, and charity. We're talking with Laura Resch, CEO of Catholic Social Services Miami Valley. Catholic Social Services, Laura, serves a, a really large region, serving 10 counties in all. I would imagine you see a a lot of variety in your work. What, What kind of challenges does that present?
0: Yes, and each community has unique challenges which change over time and also incredible assets that we can build upon as well. Our mission, though, is timeless, and our mission never changes, and it's rooted in the gospel call to love and care and serve. Neighbors in need, and how we do that may change, but the mission itself is perfect, and it never changes.
4: So, Laura, how can people help?
0: We would invite uh, all your listeners, Larry, to visit www.cssmv.org, make a gift of financial support, or join our team of 350 dedicated, awesome volunteers who help bring our mission to life every day. Attention light beer drinkers, a message from Bud Light. You've gone far too long without knowing what ingredients are in your beer. And that's a shame because beer is pretty great especially when it's made with great stuff. And Bud Light is made with the best stuff around. Which is why, beginning in February, Bud Light is putting an ingredients label on our packaging. Because it's the right thing to do. And because you deserve to know your beer's ingredients. Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer ABC in Lewis, Missouri. Frickers is the home for incredible value. Monday, Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings. Tuesday, traditional frickin' chicken wings. Wednesday, sirloin steak dinner. Frickin' Chicken Chunks. Frickers is also ready to handle your graduation party or large catering order. Frickers takes the worry out of what's for lunch, dinner, or late night. Everyday values are at only one place. The home for fun, food, sports, and spirits is also the home for everyday values.
4: Frickers. Premier Health is proud to be the official healthcare provider for UD Athletics as the official sports medicine provider for 42 area schools. We treat more student-athletes than anyone else in the region. From injury prevention, treatment, and sports performance, our team of board-certified sports medicine and orthopedic physicians, athletic trainers, and rehabilitation specialists offer a comprehensive program focused on the goals of each athlete. To learn more or to find a Premier Health sports medicine specialist, visit premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. Premier Health, taking care to a higher level
0: mostly cloudy skies and a high temperature of 29 degrees. Starting after dinnertime throughout the evening hours, snow likely, and we could see accumulations around one inch in Dayton. Higher
1: totals possible towards the north, 20 degrees for the low temperature overnight tonight. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO.
0: You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290 Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7
1: WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback. I'm John Bedell. My partner is John Tisdale. We thank you for joining us this afternoon. We're coming to you live from our Dayton studios. It is a place where we do not. Don't tweet recruits. Hashtag don't tweet recruits. Hashtag the more you know. Dayton winner, 75-52 with 23-point winner uh, at Rose Hill as they down the Fordham Rams. And we go to the hotline now. It's the hottest of hotlines. David Jablonski, our friend and co-worker from the Dayton Daily News. And Jabo, it's good that we didn't lose to Fordham because you can just ask VCU. People don't forget that.
5: No, no. Dayton fans, i am not forgot that game uh, two years later and never will forget no about how many times VCU went there. Uh, so it's just a great thing that Dayton didn't win or lose here today. Um, and it really wasn't close. I was surprised because Fordham has played almost everybody close except VCU and Dayton is, you know, played almost everybody close except Richmond. So it's been a run of post games and this one was anything but close. Really decided by that uh what fourteen oh run in the first half and it was never a game after that they came out and dominated the second half offensively and defensively, which is just what they needed after that loss to George Mason.
1: Yeah, a nice a nice bounce back job on as as John and I were talking in the Bud Light game show and here in Flyer Feedback for for a team in the Flyers that has been at times driving the struggle bus when it comes to closing out teams. Um, I think it was just good, not only given the disappointment of that George Mason loss, but just to see them, as Brooks Hall said on the air, they weren't satisfied with that lead. They weren't content. They were they were more than happy to keep pushing that lead out. And I just think that was that was good, even though the, the caveat is, yeah, it's Fordham, but um, just good to see them really just slam the foot out of the throat of the Fordham Rams and just not let them up off the bat and close them out.
5: Yeah, you're right. It is Fordham, and they are 0 7 now in the a right where everybody picked them in the conference. Uh, you know, Dayton wasn't going to erase that George Mason loss by beating Fordham. Uh, they're going to have to beat Davidson on the road or pick up a win, some similar to that, if they're going to have any uh, chance to uh, sneak back into the top four by the end of the year. But it's still really early. So uh, uh, VCU win at the Kane today. So Dayton right now I'm looking at the standings, they are in a four-way tie for second place behind Davidson and George Mason. BCU's 5-2, Duquesne's 5-2, and two. St. Louis lost today. Uh, they're 5-2. Uh, Davidson is the team to beat after that. They'll be winning at St. Louis today. So it's going to be an interesting uh, race. Dayton didn't do itself any favors by losing at home to George Mason, but it can make up for it. It does have time to do that.
1: Yeah, and I'll admit, Jabba, looking at the standings, as, as you just mentioned, alluded to that – um i think right now well i don't think right now there are six teams vying for those four spots that's two more than i thought um i would not have yeah, had Island, george mason in the too. yeah i would not have had george mason or duquesne in the mix before the season roadie is you know not far behind at four and two but after roadie everybody's 500 or below starting with Bonaventure. um so maybe seven teams for four spots right now but that's Probably two or three more than I would have thought. Mason and I, I was not buying their stock before the season. Uh I wasn't sold on them either, although Dan Broad is probably the best coach in this conference. Uh so he's got his Duke's team playing well even after this loss today. Two Jabo. Meaningful minutes for Frankie Policelli and and emptying this bench. And aside from Frankie's, you know, growth and development today, I think just a good chance to get this uh some legs on this team some rest, Dave, with uh, with the way they were able to, you know, blow out the Rams today.
5: Yeah, any win like this where you, you know, you don't have to play Jalen Crutcher 38 minutes, Josh Cunningham 37 is a good thing for this team because those minutes are going to add up as they get deeper into the season. Uh, the more the fresher their legs can be going into the conference tournament, the better. They're not going to be fresh no matter what because they only have eight guys and really only seven unless Frankie starts playing more serious minutes. Which I, even after making two early threes today, I don't see happening. I don't see him playing a lot of minutes in most games, but you never know, I guess. Uh, yeah, shown a little bit of an outside touch today. He, just, he was shooting wherever he got the chance today. I mean, he, he knew this was his chance, and, uh, you know, he put up nine shots and made three uh, – he made the two early ones. I don't think he made really much after that. But, uh, yeah, good effort for him in his home state. His mom was here. His mom is really great on Twitter, if you don't follow her, by the way. She's probably the best yes. tweeting Dayton mom I've seen in years. I'm aware of this. Maybe not of all time. Uh, Miss Angie. So, uh, she's something to watch on Twitter. A
1: lot of uh, – A good
5: good game for him, and it uh, would be a huge crowd. They're still taking photos down there below me on the corner with all the family and friends here for Obi. Um, you know, he grew up right down the street. He's basically the, the new scoochie homecoming here for him.
1: A lot of caps lock on that Twitter feed you mentioned, Jabo. Uh, and they yeah. stuck to what worked. You know, only 15 attempts from three. They cleaned that up after way too many 27 shots from beyond the arc uh, Saturday. And now Jabo, with getting out of Fordham with this win, they set themselves up for, as Larry and I were talking in the newsroom yesterday, instead of a panic week and a desperation week, now you set yourself up for a tremendous opportunity with two big home games against St. Joe's Tuesday and Duquesne Saturday. This is a big week for this Flyers team.
5: Yeah, you got to win all these games because the schedule gets real difficult in uh, February after this stretch. That's why that George Mason a lot hurt because, you know, this was a stretch where they could have ran off a, a number of wins, and uh, that one set them back a little bit. But you got, you know, after St. Joe's and Duquesne, you got to go to St. Louis and play at Rhode Island. where BCU just lost, and VCU comes back today. And then you got the toughest game of the year, probably at Davidson on February 19th, uh, followed by another game against St. Louis. So that's like five games in a row where, you know, if they go even three and two, it's got to be considered a success. So you got to win the games now, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, the schedule uh, is certainly backloaded. So as you mentioned, Jabo, got to take advantage while you can. Well, Dave, uh, thanks for joining us on the hotline and for the insight. Uh, remember, kids, that 60% of the earth is covered by water, the rest is covered by David Jablonski. Uh, Jabo, safe travels back to Ohio. Thanks, John. See you. Hey, thanks. David Jablonski joining us on the hotline. Always good insight from Jabbo and Tiz. As we mentioned, now this week with the back end of this schedule, who yeah. oh boy is it back backloaded? Mm. Now you got to start making up ground. I mean, look, we can't get that Mason game back, but you got you now. You have to start making up ground for that. You do. And this is the opportunity to do it. Absolutely. You
2: know, you got the opportunity to first hold court at home. That's the first thing you got to do. You can't have any more home losses. You got to take care of business against St. Joe's and Duquesne. And then you got to try to steal either St. Louis or, or Rhode Island. Try to get one of those road wins, which would be enormous if you could do that. Because... You know St. Louis is gonna be livid after the way they lost today oh, yeah. against Davidson. And it's a good win for Davidson. Davidson's in the mix. They didn't they didn't we, you and I were talking about this during the break. They don't have a whole lot of great non conference wins. Uh same
1: really with anybody in the conference, but that is a good win to go on the road and take care of business. That's a feisty Wildcats team sitting right now, along with the George Mason Patriots at six and one, a top the A10 standings. Dayton in a four-way play, a four-way tie for second. After this win tonight, this afternoon, one more time. Dayton winners, 75-52, a 23-point winners over the Fordham Rams. Don't lose to Fordham. Thank goodness we didn't lose to Fordham. Congratulations, you guys. Hey, our next game is Tuesday night against the Saint Joe's Hawks. We are on the air at 7. Larry and Bucky had the tip at 8. I'll see you at Flanagan's for Flyer Feedback afterwards. So we will see you on the radio Tuesday night, Flyer fans. Until then, I'm John Bedell. I'm John Tisdale. Saying thanks for listening, everybody. And go, go
0: Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.